Okay, ready? I am ready. Alright. Welcome to Dice Over Everything. This is Alan. This is Brandon. And this is another podcast. This is number, I don't know, three or four or something like that? Yeah, who knows? Maybe some of them will be ruined as well and we'll be back to like, this will be podcast number one again. <laughs> exactly. Anyhow, today we want to talk about X-Wing, like X-Wing old and then X-Wing, the promises of future X-Wing. Yes. And then the ghosts of X-Wing past. Maybe we'll make that podcast later and talk about uh-huh. what changed when it does come up. But there are rumors out there, so there's a good bit to talk about. Well, actually, it's not just rumors. They've now basically released all of the changes besides the actual cards. Yeah, they've shown you and pictures think, of everything. Like, I think since Gen Con has already happened, mm-hmm. if we were at Gen Con, we would have all the cards in our hands right now. So when we're recording this, is this Gen Con weekend? This is Gen Con weekend. And we're not there. And... I guess on the note of hobby stuff, I think the favorite part of Gen Con is just going back to the hotel room with your friends and just seeing the giant hall pile. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't consider myself a big materialist, but that's that's the fun part of Gen oh, Con. Oh, I if consider myself a big materialist, and it is definitely like one of the greatest parts. I consider you a materialist, too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been working on lately for, say, hobby stuff? Uh, well, since it's around Gen Con... Uh, Around that time, well, Kill Team came out recently, and I've been got my box of that, and I painted up all the terrain, and I stayed up super late getting all that ready to play games. Uh, so far, it's been pretty good. So it's gonna be a future episode. Okay, good to yeah, know. Yeah, definitely I sh- something I should, in the future. I should prepare, and I guess I've been painting Space Marines. I have not been painting Space Marines. I rage quit Space Marines for the record, <laughs> which uh, is a good thing. But they have new, better Space Marines now. It's true. They've, they've tried to lure everyone back from. I think it's it's kind of worked. Anyways, that's. Mm-hmm. That's uh, for later, I guess, another podcast. But yeah, what have you been doing? So lately I've been doing the opposite of painting giant piles of space marine and painting large-scale figures, which requires mm. a totally different skill set than painting an army of 100. and hasn't broken my soul yet, but it's trying to break my soul. Yeah, especially uh, since we're in Toronto, there's the uh, sword and brush coming up, right? So you got to prepare for that. I also have a large model, a wizard that I'm I'm slowly assembling and planning to paint. Mm-hmm. We'll see if I actually get it done by the sort of brush, though. Yeah, it's. I'd say it's more stressful than painting armies, but painting armies Only is what I know. Only because we're doing it for competition, though. Okay. Or technically, so, if you just paint it for yourself. That's, yeah. that's so I guess bringing it back to X-Wing, X-Wing, you don't even need to paint anything. Uh, yes, that's true, and that is apparently one of the giant selling aspects of X-Wing. Yeah, so I guess at the old game store we played at, mm-hmm. there was quite a few people who took up X-Wing, and a lot of them a lot of them weren't actually painters or what you would declare as mini-war gamers who would mm-hmm. like go out and build terrain, paint things, build models and all that. But I think a whole bunch of them actually got brought into the fold. Well, not only lots of them, but a few of them got brought yeah, into the fold definitely. of real minis, like painting the whole shebang. Because of X-Wing. So X-Wing, they sold it as, I think we talked about it in another podcast, mm-hmm. uh, as this kind of hybrid in between board games and miniature games, right? So you had, um, it's technically, like they call it a miniatures game, yep. but you don't have to paint the minis, and you don't use measuring sticks, and they have everything, like the dice and, and, and special measuring templates in the box for you, and you almost treat it like a board game. The biggest thing you is... You can unbox it and play it, like, right away. Unlike minis games where that's not... It's yeah, days later. some assembly required. Uh-huh. It's right? days later or no sleep later. Exactly. So uh, we did uh, record a game of X-Wing, which we'll be playing in the background as we talk. And as a disclaimer, if anyone watches really closely, they'll realize that we haven't played this in a while. Yeah, I was terrible, and uh, I got crashed. My dice were amazing, and I crushed. <laughs> so, did you remember better than I did at how to play? Um, I think oh, we both played Imperial when we actually played, and this time I played uh, the Rebels. The Rebels, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think I wrote, ran a very traditional tie swarm list that yeah. I eventually got the hang of again, and mm-hmm. with Howl Runner and all that sort of stuff. I did not learn how to play with X wings and Y wings, and we did kind of go a little bit old school because. We are old school, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to have all of those other weird chips from from the uh, from scum or anything for, else. Yeah, from scum or from the new movies mm-hmm. or. Uh, Do they really put the new movies in now? Yeah, um, they're entirely new factions. Are you talking about we, seven to nine? Or are you talking about? Yeah, well, nine is not out yet, but okay. seven and eight, yes, they have. And even from they just released 
the Saw's Renegades, which I believe are supposed to be from the prequel, Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't really remember all those movies because I consider them all fan fiction. Ever since the 4, 5, and 6 has come out, like, Ewoks is as crazy as I'm going to get mm-hmm. in my Star Wars. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I only really I'm fine the with the Ewoks. Three. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to X-Wing. I guess X-Wing was actually pretty fun to play. Yeah, totally. And and it got a lot of people. Again, because of what we're talking about, the, the, just the franchise. The barrier to entry is low. Yeah, and I the guess, barrier to as entry you said, is- the franchise like you get excited about the franchise and because people love Star Wars and they hadn't well the first three had come out when it, when the game came out uh-huh. which you think would have tampered people's love of it a bit but no nope. oh the prequels yes. oh, yeah oh yeah did seven come out had seven come out when? I don't think it had oh yeah no, we we just talked about old school Star Wars when oh, we yeah, played it because when it came out they released like a new starter box. Yep, yeah, that's exactly but it. But to me, that made me love it more because then I attached all the love for it from my enjoyment of 4, 5, and 6, which are, are classic movies, right? Mm-hmm. And you watched them when you were growing up, right? And like every nerd likes to talk about Star Wars, so now exactly. you can actually just play it out. So that was a big, I guess that was a big fun point of the game. Like yeah. you felt a connection to it. Exactly, and that's what, what we were doing when we played, right? We played the TIE Fighters versus the X-Wings and Y-Wings, so it was basically mm-hmm. like episode 4, Right? Did you play anything? No, it was just just, just Tie Fighters, right? Sure. Oh, and a bomber, and a bomber, which is technically, I believe, not from the first one. No, it didn't do very much, so that's fine. <laughs> it didn't die. No, it didn't. It just flew far away. Yeah. So, so that is one of the things. It had a lot of major things helping it 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 get into the. And into the minds of, of all these players. For On sure. top of that, it's created by Fantasy Flight, which has its own like bunch of, of fanboys who love it and will will just they'll buy into anything they yeah put out. exactly. Cause, cause it's hard. They don't go wrong very often. Exactly. They, they, they have really of... high uh, polish. That's exactly right? what I was gonna say. Yeah, their their games. Not all of their games in terms of what's inside are super good, but you know the outside is gonna be polished to to a gleam. Mm-hmm. So it's. You don't feel like you're gonna have a miss buying into their games. At least it'll be pretty. Yeah, and the price point <laughs> isn't crazy either, so it was easy to get people to like buy a couple ships and get yeah. going. Yeah, I think it's not a. It wasn't expensive compared to miniatures games, mm-hmm. but for a board gamer, it kind of was expensive. But they tricked people into getting into the game by having the starter box, which yep. was like really cheap, forty bucks. Mm-hmm. But literally, it was one fifth of an army one-fourth of an army right an x-wing yeah the tie fighters like 24 points and they, and you they tell to you to play 100, 100. Mm-hmm. yeah so they're like oh yeah here try this you cannot even really play a full game with this one like you have to buy extra ships yep but it did come with all of the when, when you think about it we we're talking about how easy it is to start the fact that it came with all the tokens and everything inside the box shows how actually difficult it is to start a miniatures game, right? Get into the hobby. I guess the other thing about the background, like the whole thing about making a miniatures game, it's like if you most people want to connect with the game they're playing. Mm-hmm. So if you put if like you say you had a blank slate to just create a miniatures game in, you I think you kind of have to create some background fluff to make people feel a connection to the game. So mm-hmm. the whole thing's not so abstract. Yeah, that's which, true. That's, that's one got... of the things with miniatures games, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have you spend so much time, like in a traditional miniatures game, painting and assembling assembling the thing. It you need almost that extra level of so of story and detail to really sell the kind. So of... So if you paint your own, you're kind of putting your own backstory into yeah. it. Whereas an X, in this X wing sort of thing, where it's pre built, mm-hmm. it won't come from you painting it, obviously, mm-hmm. but it comes from the whole trilogy everybody loves. There's only there's, a trilogy. Yeah, but there's so much richness there, right? And there's so much love. So they almost, you almost jump into the, the game just because of the Star Wars brand, right? Mm-hmm. That is probably, I don't know, do you think that was the major sell or do you think the, the gameplay was the major sell? Would it work think, if it was rando ships? Well, like we were saying before, I guess it started off as some sort of plane game before, Ye- just yes. Attack Wing? Uh, no, Attack Wing nope. was uh, the same remake reimagining okay so i believe i don't know if it was wings of war but it, but there was a basis system right mm-hmm. where i think they used cards instead to to decide what uh, maneuver you did okay but then they took 
took that kind of base game and again, like in, in Fantasy Flight fashion, they, they kind of buffed it up, they, they polished, they polished the it, up. they changed a bunch of stuff, right? It, mm-hmm. it is, it's arguable you could say it's a different game, right? But it obviously owed a lot of lineage to this previous... Mm-hmm. It didn't come out of nowhere. Wings of War? Wings of War is a game, but I don't know if Wings that... Wings of War, might, I think, is the new edition of that game. I forget what the original game is. It might be called Wings of War. I don't mm-hmm. remember what the original one was. Mm-hmm. And I think Wings of War is still a game, and was a rebranding of the original one. So X-Wing's not even a first edition, really. No, X-Wing is... Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, those the mechanics of X-Wing is really, really good, right? Yeah. So we want to talk about how X-Wing, the mechanic, it plays so differently than other miniatures games. Yeah, so I guess in other miniatures games, like you see exactly what your opponent has, has on the table. Mm-hmm. And I guess you basically kind of know what their options are whereas in mm-hmm. x-wing like things can completely change yeah for this one specific really awesome thing which is you you have you both secretly choose a move mm-hmm. and then you try next level the get like guessing what your opponent is actually doing yeah like there's often an obvious move to make in the yeah, game but exactly. the game the game emphasizes like the game if you're playing the game right it emphasizes flying so you want to be able to get into your opponent's back, just not have them be able to shoot you, being able to get into the range of your attacks, everything else. Mm-hmm. So you've got to guess what your opponent's doing. So you're, it's kind of like almost poker-esque, where you're thinking about your, what your opponent's thinking. Whereas in most other miniatures games, you're pretty sure they're bringing the weapons. You know what weapons they have across the table. Mm-hmm. Their guys can only move so far, whereas in X-Wing, your guys are just over top of each other. Mm-hmm. So it really matters where they go next. Whereas in other miniatures games, there's usually a bit less distance between... Your pieces? Um, I think I think the really the big depends on what game, right? Some games are melee. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're going to be right next to each other, right? Yep. But the idea that um, but usually if you you're choose, melee, you're kind of stuck there, so things don't yeah, change so much. But the other thing is, you don't both secretly choose what you're going to try and do mm-hmm. before you actually do it. So, right? so you're talking or about what, the whole thing about the whole thing about choosing before. So maybe the whole yeah, reveal exactly. process. Actually exactly. involves like the whole poker thing where you at some point there's exactly. a reveal. Exactly, I was gonna say with poker, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea with with X Wing uh, is you know at the beginning of the turn you have a dial, right, which is has all of the moves that each of your ships are gonna do, and so you go and you secretly choose each one, and then the opponent secretly chooses each one, but you don't know what that person is going to do, right? Yep. And the kind of mindset. Uh, the strategy of next leveling the person or thinking, oh, I'm going to do this, but if my opponent goes there, then uh, I actually, my best move is to go and do this other turn, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of that kind of thinking of trying to to uh, bluff your opponent is a lot of times absent in other miniatures games because the traditional miniatures game you have complete knowledge. Right? You have your army on the board. And and then your opponent and, does all their moves, and you know exactly what they did, and you know the outcome of all the moves they did, right? Usually there's some rolling dice, so they there's some randomness, so maybe their plan didn't uh, succeed. But when it's your turn to make moves, you know every, how everything... Everything is known. Everything is known, right? Yeah. And so this kind of decision, this decision, decisions where you're both choosing these things and trying to, to guess what they did is rare in miniatures games because of the traditional miniature the traditional game. toy soldier idea exactly right mm-hmm. but again this is actually quite popular in a lot of board games right so yeah you have hidden your hands are hidden in board games exactly or and and the idea with poker which i guess in some ways slightly different but you you give them some information but you don't give them total information of of what you have and what you're doing so these kind of things are very popular, but not that popular in uh, miniatures games. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why uh, I, I, we played Infinity a little while ago, but part of the reason why I love Infinity, because that's one of the few games where you have this kind of bluffing and partial information mechanic, right? There's tons of different hidden mechanics in Infinity. Exactly, where you're like, okay, if I move here, but uh, then it's going to be great, unless that guy actually has a hidden drop trooper that will super punish me later on so I guess I need to cover for that just in case they have that but maybe they didn't even bring that drop trooper right yep there's, there's the risk and reward thing exactly so in X-Wing they don't do a list building thing actually right it's not about what they brought to the table that they're hiding nope but it's, it's about every the tactics round level. yeah exactly exactly right tactics level every round uh, 
they have hidden information, you have hidden information, and you're trying to guess what their thing is to do it. And that is supposed to be the primary thing of the game and why it's so fun and so different, right? Yep, I guess. Yeah, I can't say there's something more fun to X-Wing than that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, I guess the whole rule's being really tight, too. It's not one of the, like, if people yes. don't want to have to figure out how to play the game or guess, mm -hmm. oh, what does the rule really mean? Everything's really straightforward. Uh -huh. So you feel like and you can actually to be fair, fill... it's like it's straightforward with the ships that we had on the table right 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 there, right? On yes. the game we played. With Y wings and X wings and TIE fighters and TIE bombers. With the just the essentials of the game. Exactly. But here's the thing. Like we played with stuff you could basically get on like wave one, two, or three, I believe. Mm -hmm. But in wave four, uh, a ship came out that I think that didn't use the regular broke, mechanics exactly. But I think broke kind of the game, which was the Millennium Falcon. Was so that the, was, that wasn't the first turret ship, but it was the no, it was the first turret ship. Really? So the Y wings didn't have turrets before then? No. Nope. No. Okay then. So, yeah. So basically, what happened was uh, they released. So the game was really tight, and it was a dogfighting game, and it felt like you're flying like you're dogfighting with x wings versus y wings and you depending on what your opponent chose right which, which way they move they did like a hard bank right uh and you and you moved. followed right in behind them exactly like if, you, if someone's on your tail you've got to figure out how, how to shake them exactly because you could only shoot forward mm -hmm. right in, in your front so if the guy if the enemy is in your back arc you can't even shoot them which means if they chose the wrong movement they're screwed, or if, or you are screwed if you chose the wrong movement. Right? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing you're trying to play around is to exactly. try and get that for you and deny your opponent the opportunity. And I remember when people talked about it in the uh, first couple of championships. I believe Millennium Falcon was a year actually, so the first year. The first year they're, showed they up. Would always talk about wow, I love this ship. I love how it flies, right? And you're like, wow, how often do you play a game where you're like, where people are so immersed in this miniatures game where literally you're not flying anything tactilely. You're literally choosing a dial, right? And no, it's not X-Wing versus TIE Fighter on the PC, which exactly. was amazing back in the day. But Yes, uh, but, but you're literally choosing a dial. But people loved that kind of idea, and, and people had different moves, right? Different kind of dials and choices of what they could do. So they felt like... They were actually flying it, and when they mentioned their ship of why they like it, they're like, "I like how it flies, choosing my yep. my movements." And stuff if you like described that. if you had a really good game, you either like you either really did really well with your dice, or you flew really well. Yes, if you won, exactly. there were two reasons. Exactly, it was, and you felt like uh, a skill ownership. There was a lot less. Okay, so there were stronger, obviously, lists like all kind of things, but it felt like uh, the list building. You could overcome list building if you're just a better flyer. Of your, like you, you could fly your ships better. You didn't show up really worried about rock paper scissors matchups. Yeah, because all you need to do is next level your opponent and get into his back arc, and he can't do anything, and you can just blow him up. Even if his ships are technically way more powerful mm -hmm. and way uh, more OP for the points, right? Yeah, and you knew good players just flew well. Like they could take your list, and you you knew they could beat you. Just, but of course, like any miniatures game. One of the appeals of miniatures game is that they constantly expand. Right? Yeah, because you want to have something new. You want the game to be. You don't want to do the same old thing every exactly. week. Exactly. It's great in some ways. This is the reason why I think board games are more likely to be more polished, because board games in general they try and make one game, and it can be static for the rest of the time. They can play test it. They can like min max things. Yep. They can have people try and break it, and they can usually get it right exactly. if they if they try hard enough. Exactly. But in a li more living game, I guess, where the mm -hmm. releases are continuous, yep. there's always the risk that things don't mesh properly with the old stuff, where they mesh too well and it becomes broken. Exactly. They could accidentally break the game. All of the year or, or whatever kind of playtesting they've done originally um, doesn't necessarily match up because they want to constantly build things. So oftentimes their uh, release cycles and testing cycles are much shorter after the initial release, mm -hmm. right? So I guess and then the multiplication of permutations. Every single time you add something new There's by definition has to be new so it's exponentially more complicated to get it exactly, right exactly exactly and so this is i feel like what happened uh with so they introduced basically a new mechanic called a turret mm -hmm. and it basically broke the game in my opinion and it didn't fit i would say it didn't even fit the spirit of the game because it didn't this, even fit the spirit the spirit of the game, of the game is to fly well like, and be a it good pilot came, exactly and it's supposed to be a dogfighting game and it even went on a ship that's almost too big for dogfighting so so whenever we saw 
like I didn't play against it that much because I didn't want to play the people who would just do that. Uh-huh. Did but we mention what the ship was? Yeah, we said it was the Millennium Falcon. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. We would <laughs> see it just fly in circles around the board that you were pretty sure you could have programmed like an app to do. Yeah. Oh, and then the best list or one of the best lists in that uh, edition when the Millennium Falcon came out, which has a turret that the big thing is it's 360, so literally you cannot outfly a Millennium Falcon. If you're behind it, you flew amazing. You're right behind it. It would turn its turn around and blow you out of the water. So if you paid for a four-point turret on like a small ship, mm-hmm. I guess it might be balanced because the ship can be destroyed because it's a little yeah, ship. But and it can't... B, you've got to fly it well enough to keep something in your front arc. But then when you completely change the name of the game, so that and you have a survivable in... ship, so you can't your opponent can't just be like, oh, that's a really good weapon. Mm-hmm. I'll take it off the board. Or they're like, oh, I'll just fly away from the darn thing. And, and I if you approach me, it. I will destroy you with yes. my turret. Oh. And so what? And and it basically defeated one of the greatest things because now you can't outfly a Millennium Falcon. You can't approach it in any way to be better than it, right? Nope. And then when it came out, uh, I don't know if you remember, but like I think the it was it the 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 big championships or at least one of them. Uh, it was two Millennium Falcons. Literally flying into each other. And if you, I think when I looked at the top lists, yeah, it was just full of Millennium, Millennium Falcon Falcons lists. and maybe one or two other ships. Because there's that one ship that, if it flies near a Millennium Falcon, you have to shoot it, right? Bigs, yeah. right? So and makes so it, they, so sometimes makes it more they would survivable. run that. Yeah, exactly. But I think one of the top ones was two Millennium Falcons, literally running into each other, so they can't move. And so when you run into each other, you even lose the special action that you're supposed to get, right? Yeah. But apparently that didn't matter. All you need to do was run your two Millennium Falcons into each other, and you became not even a mobile turret, a static turret. And it was the best, one so of the best lists in the game. So you couldn't even crash into things and have to worry about taking damage? Nope. Literally, you just wait, and you're like, come and get me, and I will destroy you if you approach. And that was one of the best lists. And honestly, from one year of loving the game before the Millennium Falcon came out, I think it might have been less than a year, because we didn't get into it, I don't think, right when it came out. No. Uh, maybe second right maybe second wave pretty early yeah pretty early uh, it was super fun because flying mattered and it was a great side game because it was also short and yep, when you're playing play. bigger games on 4x4 boards um, uh, X-Wing game you were supposed to play on a 3x3 three three and everything came in a little box so you just had to bring like a small box and you could go and play um, but then this kind of thing came out destroyed everything we loved about not everything because we still love Millennium Falcons come on All it's right. an awesome ship that actually made it more okay. You didn't hate the Millennium Falcon. You hated the player, <laughs> not the game. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it really kind of shattered the game, in my opinion. Yeah, after that, like, you mm-hmm. couldn't take the game seriously. Yeah. And then they ended up fixing it by releasing... A f- apparently, for some reason, they felt like they couldn't just change the turret mechanic. And so, instead, they just... Uh, had to patch it by adding new things in the game. They felt like They'd it make. would be too much, uh, I guess, dissonance to say, actually, guys, we're going to release a fact. This thing was too powerful, obviously. Uh, and it, and even if it wasn't too powerful, it breaks the gameplay mm-hmm. of the game, right? So uh, we're going to change it. They felt like that was not doable directly. So they ended up releasing uh, upgrade cards, right? into the game specifically to make it so that Other arc dodging were... still mattered because okay. I believe it gave you I forget the name because by this we had already trailed off a bit uh, from the game but it gave you like extra defense bonus if you were not in the actual front arc of the ship Okay. so you can now survive it and I was like really? That's... It's a lot of work to avoid yeah. one one broken thing. You have to change everything. And else. of course, they gave like a million other ships, uh, turrets, uh, and ships that I didn't love as much as the Millennium Falcon. So I'm like, why does this ship even exist now? Right. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, they even released uh, a. When we stopped playing, there was another broken ship uh, that came out that was, I think it was competitive to the Millennium Falcon. It was the. TIE Phantom? Is that what it's called? Oh, are you talking about the one that was basically invisible most of the time? Yes. 
That was probably about wave five or something. Yeah, I think that was one or two ways after the Millennium Falcon. Where there were just builds where you'd be invisible until you didn't want to be invisible because you were in the person's back arc. And then and you would shoot them. And it had super good positioning. And it had high fire output. So and literally you don't have to be good at the game. And it was supposed either. to be a glass cannon, but it was an invincible cannon <laughs> until you decided not to be invincible. And then, and then it was a nearly invincible cannon because right after it shot, assuming it had a higher pilot skill than you... Uh, one or two of them could turn back invisible again, if you remember that. So literally, it was just invincible, it had super good positioning, and it had super high attack. So there started to be just certain lists out there by even fifth wave. They were clearly better, and you just mm -hmm. wouldn't... If you went to a tournament and you wanted to do well, you felt like you were obliged to take a certain form yep, of list. Exactly. So what happened was all the upgrade cards and all these new abilities, things started mattering less about the tactics and who flew the best, and more about just how strong was your list. What what combos and stuff did you build into your list to win? Yeah, I would say originally the game was actually really well suited to have, like, gathering people together to have, like, sort of tournament format mm -hmm. where you just play a couple people, on yeah. the, play different people on the same day, have some prizes and have some fun. Exactly, because it was shorter. It was like a, it was what, an hour-long game yeah, so and a smaller board. Mm -hmm. So unlike something like 40k that might take you hours and hours if you were to play a full-size game. Yep. This, you can play lots of people, play lots of games, lose some, win some. You don't even have to paint your minis. Yep. So the rules, it's very easy for people to pick up and go and play. The rules are tight enough so you're not just sitting there with the book open, mm -hmm. you're not sitting there trying to get the a ref yep. over. Like, mm -hmm. it, at first, it seemed like really well-suited to that. But I guess there was one drawback to the game that didn't make it so suited to tournaments was the, the, the end point wasn't the best ideal to destroy everybody else's ships. It was one thing where it's like, oh, I gotta wipe you off the board. Yep. Right? And it was one, basically, objective every single game. There was only one mission. Yeah. And there was no limit to the number of turns, which I, I found kind of... No, that definitely didn't lend itself to tournaments. Mm -hmm. So, it's possible, technically, if we have two two ships that have high defense and, and bad offense to just be flying in circles yes exactly and some for a few few turns you don't even shoot each other and then just hope that luckily eventually your bad rolling will finally go through the person's defenses and kill them yeah you get one lucky shot at long range mm -hmm. over and over to finish exactly them. and it the game was no longer fun if there's only one ship like each guy has one ship yeah right so so it lacked that endpoint but even they knew like when they when they gave you the rules there was like campaign systems in there which actually would be quite fun to play a couple games yeah, in a row of those they had different what they had in the, the things was missions right this is basically you know we're beating around the bush mm -hmm. the x-wing needed missions where your your objective is not always the same thing and even though the base of the game of flying around is really fun and cool and uh the changing of objectives can drastically change how you play the game it changes and what ship changes what ships you want to take because some yeah, what, are going to be better are for certain yep. missions if you've got to control areas you want tougher ships yep you got to fly things across the board you want your faster ships you can, need to bomb maybe like a, a an actual big ship or something mm -hmm. like that which i believe they had right they had all these different missions but they only made them casual and refused for some reason to put them into the competitive aspect which is I'm I'm surprised because missions are 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 one of the major things in almost every other miniatures game when you play that you play right yeah like I can't think of other major miniatures games that yeah, only that, have one mission that you play over and over it would just be unheard of yeah it's because like it's that so forever. easy to actually change things up and make the game much more fun and different to play yeah and keep things fresh for for longer keep things fresh for the players uh, yeah so I I don't know why they did that. Um, and I think that also kind of, I've heard them a bit. But I think really the major thing, well, besides the, the, the actual breaking of the game, which they eventually sideways patched with these these uh, new abilities, um, the, the other major thing is that, partially I guess related to how they patched it, is that they kept on having to release new things, right? Yep. It is a miniatures game, you have to release more things. And the new things were not better it didn't make the game better. Like, if you wanted to sell it as a prepackaged thing, a board game, it you kept, would never sell it with that much stuff. It kept getting further and further from that original concept. Exactly, right? And then I was talking with uh, one of our buddies, uh, Tyler, who played a lot later, right? Yeah, he, he, was, he, he was pretty into it. He had yeah, the he had whole... Scum. 
He had the whole range for, I think, two factions. I th- he, he started he, out that, and then he concentrated on Scum and Villainy, right? But Which was a new faction. Um, but he started saying, oh, well, the game is like much more balanced, but it's not the same game as what we were playing, right? It's not about flying... It's not nearly about uh, flying. It's more about like the alpha strike and positioning to get that big blast over. And I'm like, wow, this hmm. game has really changed from the original that, theme and idea. That sounds a lot closer to rock, paper, scissors, where you just try and get the rock when exactly, at the right, right moment. Exactly, right? And I'm sure there's like next, you know, like trying to jockey t- so that to take your shot, basically, right? Because if it's about alpha, you're basically trying to position to maximize your chance when you fire off to win right make your first shot take something but out exactly and then be up by a ship but if really everything comes down to your your first or first couple of engagements like why do you have all this other setting up right mm-hmm. so that to me sounded not great and actually surprising that uh until recently x-wing was doing super well right yeah had big crowds coming out to game stores yep in, in the toronto area yeah, and so I, I think it actually still has a decent number of people. But I do wonder, um, so consistently when you go on what, what the ICN or something like that, this is like a hobby market, they release what is the biggest miniatures game, right? Yep. I believe X-Wing was number one or number two for the majority of the time, but a new one came out and they weren't even in the top five. And I, I can't, I don't know if it was that ranking for some reason cut out for miniatures hobbies, games, okay. cut out X-Wing. Or if X-Wing actually has dropped off somewhat now. Okay. I don't go to a game store that... We don't go to a game store currently mm-hmm. that supports it, so it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. But if it is, I, I was thinking about why that would be. And, well, one of the major things, if you've been paying attention to X-Wing at all, is... Even they've acknowledged they need a new edition? <laughs> yes, exactly. So they they released... They, they talked about it, I think, a couple months ago, a second edition X-Wing. And to me... This was super exciting because I was like, oh man, they can finally fix all of these things that we were complaining about. And I know that we just spent most of this time complaining about all the ways that they kind of, that the game was not good. But literally the only reason why we care about it is because the core of the game and when we started playing it was so good. Yeah, there was was good fun to be had there. Exactly. If just like the right few tweaks were made. Exactly. So do you think they made, like obviously we've just said they've mostly told you what they're going to make the changes in the new edition to be so do you think they've made enough changes they've made enough changes to make me want to try it out okay so they've basically redone all of the art and stuff like that and the art was always fine okay yeah yeah right but um of the things that we talked about they've they knew right because it was very obvious when the turrets came out that they were broken well right and even if even once they made it so they were not like technically broken in terms of lists you want to bring they made the game less fun they broke the gameplay that was addictive in the game well it's probably not even good for them for sales if there's clearly a few things you should buy if you're trying to trying to win yeah but then they always are like oh well buy the new thing with this new upgrade card that will help you win on on that note that was slightly bothersome to there was a list you'd want to run so you buy the ships but then you still couldn't run the list because the other ships in the other faction that you didn't even play had the card. Yeah, so basically you have your base ship and your upgrade cards, right? And your upgrade cards make your ships better and tweak their abilities, but all of the upgrade cards you can use are on random ships on the line. So you literally have to go out and buy, I don't know, some random, new, well, obviously the new ship, so that you can get a new upgrade card to follow your old ships, which was in some ways brilliant in terms it's, of making people buy stuff. Yeah, it's part but, of a business plan. It's amazing. But you're literally milking your players because they're not going to like the fact that they have to do that. They're not going to enjoy the fact they have to buy an entirely new ship just no, and they're they not going to use. No, they may throw it in the trash because the people who actually play that ship want that card too. So yeah. they're going to have the sh- <clears throat> Excuse me. They're going to have the ship. Exactly. So of those things... Uh, the first thing that I loved and made me want to try it out immediately is they kind of fixed turrets. So they released a new ship, I forget what it was, but basically the idea, instead of turrets being 360, which makes means that there's no ma- uh, maneuvering involved, turrets now you have to use an action, it's one arc or two arcs, like front and back, okay. or just front, and you have to use an action to turn that arc. 
So technically, to, to whichever phasing, right? Okay. So technically... <laughs> technically, you're losing something to change its direction. And it's not 360 all the time. Yep. So literally, if you are of a lower pilot skill, right? Mm-hmm. You move. So people with higher pilot skill, which is now called initiative, yep. which is fine. Uh, if, you, if you move first, right? If the big turret ship moves first. And then they're like, oh, I want to do my turret like this, right? Yep. And so they move their turret so that they have to choose beforehand where they're going to move their turret and guess where you're going to and be and guess where you're going to mm-hmm. be and then you if you have a higher pilot skill you're like haha I actually I chose yeah, I saw what you were going to do you actually moved your turret in the wrong direction and now I'm going to be moving in where where your ship has a blind spot so literally you can still you can now arc dodge so it brings back the whole Again. spirit of the game exactly with, with still having the idea of a turret where technically they can fire in any direction. Yeah, it's a big ship. It has a big arc off. Exactly. So that that by itself was like, oh, you know what? I want to try it out. Because that was the major thing that ruined it for me. So, But that's not the only thing they changed. So you're talking about upgrade cards, right? Yeah. Having to buy other ships. So now they have they got rid of all the old upgrade cards and even all the old uh, base toppers, right? And cards. Yeah, and they're saying... Because they changed the stat lines. They changed all so they the stat to. lines and stuff like that. And they're like... Buy this pack, and it gives you all of the upgrade cards and all of the uh, new new rules for all of your ships in whichever faction you're playing. Yep. Uh, and anytime we release a new upgrade card, it will be on a ship in your faction. So you're not forced to buy ships so that you would no- never fly. Exactly. Or exactly. Buy, or play everything, which... Oh, t- technically, that's what they said so it's yet to be seen whether that's actually uh-huh. what's going to happen but that's what they've said they're going to do so any upgrade you want it'll be in a card in your faction which is also good but also bad because apparently a lot of people are complaining about this giant pack that you have to buy but uh, and it's not cheap no those it's not upgrade cheap. cards are like 50 bucks canadian yeah i think so and it literally comes with all the upgrades for all of your ships mm-hmm. so for us for guys that only played for the first half of the game, because I think they're up to wave 10 or 11, and we played in like the first five waves, half of the upgrades that they're giving in this upgrade pack are dead weight. Because we don't have those ships. Oh, and yeah. if we were to go out and buy those ships now, we would buy the new versions of those ships that already have those upgrade cards. Yeah, so most of it you don't need. Yes. And I think they didn't quite give you enough of the cards to run some popular lists. But I think it was mostly arranged, such as if you bought a new starter pack, yeah. you sort of need the starter pack for the damage, new damage deck. That you would end uh-huh. up with probably enough cards to run a good number of lists. Not absolutely everything your dreams could imagine, but it would yeah. become flexible enough to run. And their idea the is that thing. you have to buy, still buy the starter set, so you still have to buy two extra X- Tie Fighters and an X Wing. So, so now, if you had an X, a Tie Swarm before you, now have eleven <laughs> or something fighters. Who knows? Or twenty. I don't know how many you'd have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm still gonna do it. I might do it as well. They basically locked us in for what 150 bucks Canadian. If you want to play two factions. Yep. Maybe we'll convince our game store to buy it too. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, like the people where we go won't play yeah. it, so we'd have to travel for it or just play it ourselves. It could be fun. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So what? Do, so, what do you think about just the change and the backlash, of course, of a new edition? Because X Wing was this was the first edition, so nobody, ex- although a lot of people were clamming for it, mm-hmm. uh, not everyone wanted a new edition because again, you have to pay fifty bucks to upgrade all your ships of one faction into this new faction. Yeah. So, given that both of us have bought so many miniatures over the years another $50 doesn't look like much of anything so from our personal perspective yes. another $50 isn't like a major new expenditure in fact it's almost good because now you can use all these minis that you haven't used forever besides this game that we're playing yep. and we kind of just played this game to, to prep us and to remember how X-Wing First Edition played yep. and how terrible apparently I am at this game so I think one thing they were changing as well is that the points are no longer on the cards is that yes, correct? yes exactly so they're going they're keeping the points lists online right which means that they can update the points lists and balance whenever they want to and I guess they raised the point level to 200 so yep. they could have more sort of granularity mm-hmm. exactly exactly so, so it looks like they've clearly like made their intention to keep balance as a bigger thing because now like 
like with Infinity, obviously that was one mm-hmm. of the big selling points. That, that the they had much more balanced. That they would others. continuously like balance things. Yep. And sometimes you would come back and they'd balance things and you wouldn't have noticed they yep. do it. It's just like that you're lesser better. <laughs> yeah, usually it's <laughs> Oh, I can fit this actually. Usually things just like just get cheaper. Who knows if it was because yeah. they didn't sell enough and they needed to sell them. <laughs> or really it was for balance. But yeah. either way it works out for yeah, so for I, someone. I think that was great. Um so, so that's definitely have, a good change. Yeah, definitely. And they have all of these changes that I, I really enjoyed, but there were two things that I'm actually still worried about. Uh, one is the new edition doesn't talk about missions being a primary way to play. No. Uh, if, right. they, if they were going to do it, you think they would have done it from the get-go. Yeah, so to me, it was very obvious that the turrets, and they obviously thought that the turrets and stuff was broken. And I remember listening to a um, an interview with uh, one of the designers. They, they actually talked about how they couldn't change things. It would change too much. Because... Because well, they couldn't do the the giant tweaks because they're it would break whatever the printed cards of the game, so they couldn't release errata that really changed it. Oh, I guess especially if they made things that were meant to counter turrets, they've never made all these releases that would no longer mm-hmm. be needed because the patch wouldn't even be needed. But the patch yeah. is literally a product they released. Yep. So they have these band aids upon band aids that like were ended up being a straitjacket of their design. Mm-hmm. So they took this time apparently to rebalance stuff. They did a whole bunch of other smaller things like. Uh, one of the things that was uh, way too good in the game was push limit, which allows you to do two two actions yep. instead of one action, which was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I think I had four of them. I don't know if they were all real, but <laughs> it was yes. that good. Yeah, so they so they changed it so now push the limit is in some ways more, I guess, obviously popular in that they've released a lot of ships that can do two actions, right? But instead of you having to just take push the limit upgrade card in your upgrade slot they just printed it on the card but they limited what two actions you could do so literally it's like certain ships can do a barrel roll and then a uh, boost right but they limit those two options so you can't do like target lock focus which was really good (laughs) exactly exactly so um, yeah so in that way they've kind of done a bunch of tweaks like that to make the game better obviously tweaked the points of the the missiles made missiles more useful with ammo and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but again of course you expect that when they come to a new edition right they're going to fix all those small things the really obvious things yes exactly right Um, but so obviously missions though like that could be a future release because putting missions into mm-hmm. the starting book, yeah, maybe they want more time to balance the releases that come out to see what's going to do what in missions. Yeah, but now they've had X-Wing out for so long, Yep. and then they have a new edition. It's the perfect time to say, hey, for competitive play, we recommend you to tweak things a little bit. You don't think it would have been too much of a shock to the system that to ease people into it? They might just say, okay, now here's the tweaks to how like the gameplay works, uh-huh. and the future go the next step to bring um, the missions in. I think it's possible. Okay. I don't think they're going to do it. Oh, well. Because before, um, I guess, they had missions. If you wanted to play them, it wasn't the standard format, but if you bought one of the large ships, it would come mm-hmm. with a mission. Yeah. So honestly, if they made that the standard format, that you buy like some sort of like scenery pack or some sort of big ship to mm-hmm. get the mission, it would actually be pretty fun. But, oh, if they maybe if they did it like, yeah, a mission, buying a mission pack would be really interesting, where it's like, and they've... It's Fantasy Flight, right? They've been selling mission packs for all their other games. Like, I'm really into Arkham Horror. Yep. And the hey. game has sucked, like, hundreds of dollars out of me with but, mission packs. But you don't care, because it's, it's the fun enough. You're willing yes, to go exactly. back and exactly. pay another 20 bucks just to play the next exactly. mission. Exactly, and and they give, they sell these mission packs in small enough doses that yep. you're like, oh, it's just, like, 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, I and can you, do that for a new And you play with your friends, so it's like you split it. It's exactly. Not... So I think that makes a lot of sense for them to do. Kind of make it quasi-card game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing, so, yeah. So I think that would be cool, but that could also fall into this other thing, which also, to be fair, is problems with Arkham Horror and stuff, is now, after four or five years, the game is so big. That and I was it's about overly, to say. Yeah, it's overly complicated. It has uh, way too many cards, and the, the one thing that I was a little bit sad at is on release... They said that they, you can use your entire collection. Yes. And I was like, is that... Okay, I understand... Trying to keep people... How, yeah, trying exactly. to keep everyone happy. But the problem is when you try and keep everyone happy, you don't 
necessarily reach the best solution. Exactly. And so... Because that's actually impossible. Yes, and we talked about how just from the fact that the the thing is so big, it's almost too big now. It's already too big. And I understand you've got to sell more ships. um, But it becomes intimidating for new players. It becomes having to remember too much. There's certain ships that are just clearly better than other ships. And all the ships work a little bit differently because they have to, otherwise they're not new. So then a new player is like, oh my god, what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. And And this is one of those missed chances I think they had with the new edition is you can reset people's expectations yeah and they've told people far enough away if they told you like now and the release was coming out Mm -hmm. half a year maybe more from now yeah that these ships won't be used anymore here's your disclaimer or or even try to double dip as in saying listen on release this portion of everyone's collection is mm-hmm. usable. Yep. Go back and try out your X-Wing, your Y-Wings, you, like all of these ships that were not that popular before. Mm-hmm. Go back, take them out of the dust, dust them off. This is the new game. And then, by the way, your upgrade pack is now half the size. So, so maybe it's for, half the price. So, so maybe Sticker Shock is not bad. So maybe there'd be future waves where they exactly. release the pack and then they re- like they stop producing the ships. Yeah. So you could buy them now if you want them for the future. Uh-huh. But then on like wave whatever of edition two, they release the pack so the old players can use exactly. it. Exactly. And now they're like, hey, I, like remember all of these ships that you have? We promised you we release them now, and now we release all these new ships. And now you're tired of all of those new ships that are so those old ships that were new again. Now your old your other old ships that you can play with are new again as well. Yep. You can kind of like double up on the hype. And I obviously I'm not I'm not marketer. I don't work at Fantasy Flight. I I just feel like that would be a lot more of a win. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did a bunch of market research. Maybe, or maybe, maybe... Maybe the core group would be super offended. And yeah. Just... But maybe they wouldn't because they get to use all these other ships. And maybe it's worth it for the people that you lose, for all of these other people that you gain. And it seems like the biggest complaint that people had when 2nd Edition was announced was that the upgrade pack was too expensive. So literally the one... Maybe it's hindsight, the reason why I mentioned this. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't feel like it was. No. There was this... <laughs> It seems like there's quite a bit of contents in there. Because you yeah. need to have multiple editions of the toppers for the bases, and you need to have yep, lots of cards, exactly. and you need to have... But then you can have half of them, right? So your thing is yep. cheaper, and then you just say, oh, if you want to use them, just buy two of them, right? Exactly. So, um, and I don't know, this to me is one of my pet peeves. Actually, it's not just X-Wing that is way too big. No, right? a lot of games eventually a lot suffer of games. this. Even our favorite game, Infinity, is, is honestly, it's too big. Yep, the game has too many models. They're releasing new models, and there's and too many things. And they don't take anything away. And they don't take anything away. And the only company that kind of does that, which when I was young I hated, was Games Workshop. Yep. They but actually that's... cut things and kick it away, and it's a super blatant cash grab. They're like, "Well, we don't want to do that. We don't want to have to print off a whole bunch of huge number of SKUs because that's bad for uh, bad merchandising." For yep. So we just kick them off, and some of those things we keep on the website. And now here's all the new things, and slowly the things that are only ordered on the website, we will just get rid of, and you can't use them anymore. And then they even have this idea of new editions, so every new edition they just remove some stuff <laughs> to, to put in new stuff. Yep. So they keep it small, and I was like, oh, so the game stays fresh, and the old, yep. old not as good looking models can go out, the less yep. new stuff goes out. And, and I used to hate it, and I thought that idea was dumb, mm-hmm. and now I realize. You just like getting new things, so it yes. actually helps you. It actually helps. Because exactly. most miniature gamers like getting new stuff. Yeah, exactly. You just don't like things being invalidated. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that um, I think would, you know, I've cu- I've thought of different solutions, like, which other people have not really done, but people kind of do in the casual game space and, and games workshop games, is if you get something that's invalidated... You just play it as it counts as. You proxy it. Mm -hmm. You proxy it. And so they would say, let's say an X-Wing, they said, oh, well, these X number of ships are not playable right now, but you can, here's a list of things you can proxy with them right now. So people would know what it actually was. There's just a list of what it becomes. So yeah, exactly. So your Phantom maybe is a TIE Defender for now. Except the base. Oh, the bases. If they put a new edition, just use the TIE tie Defender. There's no TIE Defender right Mm -hmm. now, right? But if you want to use that ship, it looks cool. We agree. Yeah. Here the are the that proxies game, that you want to use right now. Yeah, the problem is that game has toppers that nobody really looks at because they're tiny. But Well, you would put it on the topper, right? Because mm-hmm. the topper is not glued to the thing. Yeah. So literally, you just put you your to, ship on top. You have to get the topper from somewhere. But. Well, you still have to buy the original things, right? Yep. The new things that have to upgrade to the new editions, right? Exactly. 
I don't want the company to go to business. No, I just no. feel like if you did something like that, that would assuage the fears of, of everyone. And that's, I feel like, what other miniature companies should do, yeah. right? Like like we said, this is not just a problem of, of this. This is the nature of the expandable game, right? It doesn't even just affect miniature games. Card games is, is the same kind of thing. Yeah, and they've, they've all had to deal with it because they become yeah. even worse than card games. Yeah, because it's all about those new cards. And so what they do is they rotate it, up, uh, rotate it out in standard, I mm-hmm. guess. And a lot of people complained in Magic when that happened. Right? But now it's just become accepted practice. It's just become accepted the fact practice. that people know it's going to happen ahead of time, and they know, mm-hmm. like, they have so much advance notice it's going to happen. It's years, basically, yep, in Magic. It's years. They know it's going to be and gone. And Fantasy Flight did the same thing with their CCGs. Yep. Uh, they did it with Android, and they said, oh, in a couple of years, we're going to rotate other stuff out. And then, just as they were going to rotate stuff out, they canceled the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, they were. But they hinted. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, by the way, the entire collection is going to be rotated out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, it got accepted in that space. That, that, that's so. a painful lab, I'm just saying. Although I didn't really play that yeah. game. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? I no. guess we're excited about the new edition. Yeah, we're willing to pay the exorbitant cost that some people think it costs, yeah. even though we're not the biggest fans of the game. <laughs> so, Yeah, well... We might be once we, we play the new edition. We could. We yeah. could try and like drag our game store to get the game. Yeah, I think I think it'll just do well just from that that it's Star Wars. Yep. Um, you do have the problem that the, the, last sk- the skew movie line's was huge, terrible. Unfortunately, I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, it's a lot weaker license than it was. It has like the stain on it five now. ten years ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there is going to be a big blockbuster movie, which might help. They, that's been said before. How many times? <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this, and we hope you enjoy the new edition when it comes out. If you have any sort of comments on what you're hoping for for the next edition, maybe add them below. Yeah, totally. Um, And we'll probably put in some sort of email and shit. Yeah, there should be comments. There should be commentable. Yeah, there should be. We're we're definitely going to put some way for for you to send us comments and, and details and stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. All right. This has been Alan. This has been Brandon. All right. Still no catchphrase, eh? No, we, we should have had like an X-Wing specific one for this podcast, but... Pew, pew! <laughs> where's, the, where's the laser thing? Edit the laser thing in later. All right. Bye. Bye.